That's the other thing, too. You be down south, you know, you get outside like the city limits. You get into that little country area. You're running to some of them good old boys out there, man. Them, them big corn-fed, cock-strong motherfuckers, boy. Them been lifting baby bulls since they were six years old and shit. Mother be strong as hell. They daddy be like, Trevor, go out there and put those baby bulls in my pickup truck. They, All right, daddy. Yeah. For the six with one arm throwing a bull up in the truck. In this country, and it's all ran together. You don't know what the fuck they be saying. I got a cousin be excited to see me every time he see me. He be like, hey, cuz. Hey, 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 man, when, hey, man, when the last time you got there down here, man? When the last time you were there, boy? Huh? Hey, 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 man, we're about 79 years ago down here. When the last time you were down here, what it? What is 79 years ago that you was down here, man, boy? Hey, 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 come in. Don't just motherfucker like he's got that down right now. Just nigga. Hey, boy, you look like that. You leave. Hey, look at that nigga Boy, you look just like your goddamn daddy, boy. <laughs> goddamn. The truth is, I'm talking to one of my cousin friends. He talked faster than him. He's going to walk up and introduce himself. Child Johnson, man. Everybody around here call me Bama Nisha, though. Everybody around here call me Bama Nisha. It's fine. You call me that. Don't even worry about it. Everybody call me Bama Nisha. Everybody call you Bama Nisha. Hey, everybody in the whole city call me Bama Nisha. Don't even worry about it. It's fine. You call me that. Don't even worry about it. Bama Nisha. This is what everybody call me. Yeah, everybody call me that, man. Don't worry about it. I'm like, all right. So all week long, my ass talking about Bama Nisha. What up, boy? Hey, Bumminish, you gonna run around, come over and watch, watch the game with us later on. Hey, Bumminish, run to the stove, grab some beer, come on back. My cousin said, what you calling him? <laughs> Bumminish. He said, everybody call him Bumminish. It's all right for me to call him that. I'm like, nah, man, it ain't CJ. <laughs> he's saying you could call me by my initials. That's what he's saying. What's good, y'all? It's your boy Guru here. We here for another episode of the Hard Conversations. You know what I'm saying? We 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 getting we getting to the groove of things. So I'm liking how things are turning out. Uh, today we're gonna talk about uh, this documentary uh, from this author named Charles Blow uh, called uh, "South to Black Power." Uh, so we, it's gonna it's mainly talking about reverse migration so we're gonna we're gonna get into that but before we do uh morgan and uh bb uh how's your day going another day another dollar over here mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i'm doing all right you know i can't complain interested and ready to talk about this topic because you know, I'm. I, I just wonder. I have so many questions about it. You know, David. Yeah, I think no. you brought it. You brought it to the, uh, to the table. What was it last week? Right. So yeah, we brought. We, I brought it up last week. Uh, from a from a hot topic subject, as we were talking about how basically the Israelites or the Israelis basically occupied uh Palestine and basically took it over or took majority portion over it uh just from being able just to occupy uh so it made me think about this documentary that i watched uh on hbo uh south to black power where this kind of has the same concept or idea that uh we have a reverse migration so basically uh 
all the black people that left the southern states with uh, the Emancipation Proclamation and just in general, just wanting to get out of the the racial uh, South uh, to actually come back to these states that they left and basically take it over. Like we, we would actually have some states to uh, basically make a real impact. Like we'll have local uh, state and federal level uh, representation uh so yeah how'd you guys like watching it i i really enjoyed it um i think it's a great concept i think it's a great idea but from my own experiences right um and we're going to get into kind of what he explained his experiences are from my own experiences i don't know if people are necessarily uh, ready for that movement and when I say ready I mean are they in the mindset or the mental do they have the mental capacity to to do that that type of movement so you know that's what I'm interested in getting to you know getting into discuss um, but I really did enjoy it I enjoyed looking at the numbers um, I enjoyed looking at um, the enthusiasm and the happiness that was on the faces of the people who had already done this migration, who were already particular, you know. Um, I also enjoyed learning about the difference between migrating and uh, re-migrating, right? Uh, we would be, I would be considered someone who migrates down, but then there are people who have, were born there who left and do come, do come back, right? So I'm interested in talking about that. I mean, it just, it just talked about so many different topics that I'm interested in because I'm, I'm just all about black culture of course <laughs> uh, Morgan what do you think um, I thought this was a really interesting concept um, I would say if I go through my family line and like my dad's parents and my mom's parents three out of the four came from the south and moved to New York um, except my mother's father who came directly from Panama to New York and I would say that what I think um, makes me pause at this concept of going back to the South are the reasons that they left the South, which are um, they 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 like their racism out front, which some people prefer. Uh, work opportunities, which I think is a changing climate. Um, what what they could accomplish down there realistically. And statistically, um, I think that there's some states and some areas in the South where there are pockets of Black people that have the political power to actually make noise and movement in the South. And I think Atlanta is a great example of that. Um, but like one of the things that they talked about in the documentary is... Um, I think her name was Janine. She was one of the um, the the host friends where she went up for this promotion. She got great feedback, but they were like, you don't represent the demographic of Georgia, even though you're good for Atlanta. Um, and I think that there's like, you know, like there's a lot that it would require us to really make a an organized, well thought out migration 
to to not just go there to be there like we'd actually have to go down there with intention right for this to work because uh the states that were mentioned and i will get into this of being the highest population of black people which were mississippi south carolina louisiana alabama and georgia i believe um would fight back they would not just let us take it those are also some of the most racist states in the south and and for you know the history of some of them have the highest black population because that's where they sent us down when you got sold down into the deep south and you never came back that like racism runs deep was that was that the area with the the um like the Delta area where slavery kept happening into the sixties. Cause those people didn't even know that they were freed. Mm-hmm. There's just like a lot of um, stigma about the South that kind of would pop up to me as a red flag, even though he presented so many green flags, but I'm not against having the conversation. Cause I do feel like what the current state that we're in needs to change. Right. And, right. and Charles is uh, one of the people that who lived in New York, uh, for about 20 plus years 25 yeah. yeah 25 years and then decided to move to Atlanta because uh, he actually felt like okay he can contribute something to make this happen right so he's an author so he's his 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 platform is basically spreading the word uh making more people aware of it which he's doing um I think that he's also saying that, obviously we're we're not past the point of racism but we're past the point to where it's like okay you, you know what i'm saying Ain't no white man about to just come out here and just like tell me i'm about to go pick his cotton type shit like we passed that point so it's like all right we, like we can start making stuff possible but yes there's still racism and stuff all throughout the united states regardless uh but uh we can kind of like take it back, honestly, if we wanted to. But yeah, there's there's definitely a stigma to the South. Uh, but places like Atlanta that he was pointing out uh, would actually like make you think differently, right? And when you think about the things that he was experiencing and saying, you're like, wow, that really would make me like be proud to like be mm-hmm. down. He said he walked into the uh to the restaurant. He's like these all these successful black people, beautiful restaurant. Hey, can I speak to the manager? Oh, the manager's black. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Just like you just feel good when every when you just look around and all you see right, is your- but that was Wonderland. You know what I'm right. saying? When you and step outside of it, right? When you step outside of Atlanta, it's different. I think what he's missing is yes wonderland looks great this utopia that you saw was a a great experience but um let's talk about let's talk about those stigmas right the stigmas include the police that's a that's a straight up direct danger you are less likely to experience a killing or a shooting uh in the in this in the north than you are in the south um, let's also talk about the fact that the South is where people go to retire. Um, it's cheap. Um, and when you really think about it, like, so for someone like me to move to the South, you, I would have to find a job that when it, when you look at the South pays enormous amounts of money, right. In order to get me to go there, because I'm not going to be, if I go there and, you know, now and try to get a job, I wouldn't probably get the same type of job or uh, the same 
type of salary that I experience here in the north because they just don't pay as much. Right. But you also keep in mind the cost of living is also, like you said, it's cheaper in the South. So the cost of living is cheaper. So yes, the, the, the median salary would also be cheaper. Um, I think but, too, it's important to bring up that he, he also discussed the fact that he knows like their drawbacks to the South. Like the reason that there was the great migration from the South was because of all of the Jim Crow laws and the lack of work and all the things that, that there were good reasons that people left. Um, but in the beginning of it, he kind of framed it as, are we going to continue to beg and plead to be allowed into society? Or are we going to decide to just take matters into our own hands and go somewhere where we can start to have some control so that we can demand things instead of begging for it? Right. And that's and on, like his whole thing. But on the other hand, right, this and this is something else he didn't address. He talked about when he went back to his hometown and he went to go see his parents, uh, his mom, his brothers and his family how they were so enthusiastic about the movement. They were enthusiastic about the migration. Um, I don't think that, and I don't know, you guys can tell me what you guys think, but based on my my own experiences, I don't think that there are people, uh, the Black people as an American you know, society, and Dave was going to get into the percentages, are ready for that type of migration. They don't have the mindset. Um, they don't even realize, if you really, really think about it, how how much they are still in shackles, right? Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't. I mean, my family. I love my family. My family is very educated, um, but I don't see them. I th I think I'm the most vocal person in my family when it comes to like black power and just like standing up against racism and stuff like that. And to be honest with you, I'm criticized more than I'm praised for doing it within my family. Like mm -hmm. they'll say, they'll say to me like, "Oh, you 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 were really vocal on Facebook and stuff like that." And you know, it's something that's supposed to. I think that when people do that, because I've seen people do it to other people throughout, you know, my time on social media, they try to make you feel bad about being so vocal, but. No, that don't make me feel bad. I'm glad that you saw it. I'm glad that it stirred you up and made you feel like you had to say something the next time you saw me. That means I proved my point and I did what I wanted to do because I feel like most people, and this is just what I feel like around me, are complacent and comfortable with how they are seen and viewed by society. That's yes. um that's yeah. an interesting concept about generations. We have whole generations of people that were taught being quiet keeps them safe. And that's not the generation of people that our generation lives in. Certainly not Gen Z people. Right. So just to like, I, I it's kind of like a back and forth. I think we do. I think we have a mix of both. I feel like we, we have a bunch of people that are in this day and age are they want to make some kind of change. And I guess if this, if this makes the most sense that I could definitely see it happening, uh, cause this is a, this is like, like we were just talking about Gen Z is a lot of like, they don't, they really don't give a fuck about anything. They don't. So it's like, if they were motivated enough, I could see something like this actually working out. Um, but like, like, let's look at the numbers, right? So well, let's look at the dates as well. So the emancipation, Emancipation Proclamation was 1863. Um, obviously, there was a, a a good amount of time before people actually in the Deep South even knew that they were free. 
So the first big migration was the Northern migration, which was uh, 1915 to 1940. So that's when everybody started coming up to AKA Nork. Uh, they came up to New Jersey, New York, Delaware, places like that. Uh, and then from 1940 to 1970, was the Western migration uh, where we started going to uh, like Nevada, California and stuff like that. So we definitely like spread out uh, a good amount through a, a, a good period of time. Uh, so the US average right now is 13%, right? So with states like Florida at 15%, uh, New Jersey at 13, uh, Pennsylvania at 11%, we have this large amount of uh, Black people in places like uh, Mississippi with 38%, uh, uh, Alabama with 27%, uh, Louisiana with 31%, uh, Georgia with 32%, and South Carolina with 26%. So just think about that. So there, there's already a, a, good, a good number established already there. Uh, so if we can get enough people to actually, I would say even people that I'm not going to say, well, we need people in power, right? And he talked about that also is people that has money or influence to make stuff happen need to also, uh, pitch in and like do their part to also help. But I feel like there's a lot of like, people just just moving there in general would just help the whole influx because once you start having people moving there you you're you're gonna make you're gonna have children they're gonna they're also gonna you know what i'm saying populate more numbers uh but just having people more votes more black votes you're just gonna drive this number up regardless just from being there i'm like this is not even like even really doing anything for the community but at least you're there you're actually like making votes and stuff like that and his his reasoning for those states, Mississippi, South Carolina, Louisiana, Alabama, and Georgia, were because their numbers were already high enough that concentrating our population there would give us a better a better chance at being able to control it. That's what I'm thinking. I believe those are the highest the highest black population states in the country, right? Definitely. Mm -hmm. With Mississippi being the highest. And the poorest. So we did have, right, uh, something similar happen uh, in Vermont. Uh, this was literally, this is actually during the Western migration. Uh, so a bunch of, a bunch of hippies, I guess, read this article. Uh, his name was uh, Richard Pollock. He wrote an article in the, uh, in Playboy magazine that basically just said, hey, listen, there's a whole bunch of land out here in, in Vermont. We should just take this shit over and you know make it our own. And they literally just got up and did it. Like, and they literally changed the state to where Vermont is now like a very uh blue state. Uh you don't see it, you definitely don't see it changing anytime soon. Uh, but that comes from obviously decades of uh from this migration one migration and then decades of like you had you had you're having children 
they also believe in the same thing and boom there you go now you got control of the whole state now you got now you have people like bernie sanders representing and actually like having his voice heard in congress actually getting traction to become a a presidential candidate like stuff like that like if we can get i hate to to say it i hate to say it (laughs) but honey those I know people exactly were, where you going with this. Those people were white. <laughs> so it was very easy for people who are also white to look at white people and say, oh, they're Come progressive. On, All the liberals, they're going over there. Oh, let them be liberals. Come on. Yes, you can You can bring them on in. You guys want to be a liberal, be liberal. You guys like black people. That's cool. I love, because, you know, white people love to celebrate the likeness on the other side of the room right right as long as you stay on the fucking other side of the room uh i'm glad you in the room you, you here <laughs> but don't come over here motherfucker okay let's just be real about that now he talks about uh how they tried it you know even in this documentary with new africa right right so when they africa, right yeah. new africa was in the the early 70s with mm-hmm. office in Louisiana, Massachusetts, uh, Alabama, Georgia, and South Africa. Yeah, but when they tried it, what happened? They sent the police in there, just they like they the did FBI. with Tulsa, right? And they, I'm, I, I, I don't care what anybody says, you know. And you guys know I say the stuff that makes y'all feel like we're probably gonna get canceled or something like that. They're gonna <laughs> tap us, but most likely they sent the FBI in there. They popped off one of their own dudes. They used that situation to blame that 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 group and shut them down. Tulsa, Oklahoma was making too much money. Took the black the black money from them. They went into that uh that uh that territory, started some shit just like Israel did. And as soon as we responded to protect our own, they shut shit down. So when you're white, Vermont can't be compared. I'm like, yeah, it's cool you brought it up. Like, I'm glad he brought it up. Like, but you can't, it's different when you look at black folks trying to do the same thing that white folks do. It's a different response. I think the New Republic of Africa as well, right? That's what it was called, the New Republic of Africa was was supposed, they were trying to kind of make themselves like a separate entity. Um and what this documentary and this movement is suggesting is not to leave the United States, but to operate within the systems Correct. of the United States um, and just honestly also make it more challenging for the way that they gerrymander us to to be stopped. And for anybody that doesn't know where gerrymand- what gerrymandering is, it's that um, each state has regions that Um, have elected officials and depending on the populations of the regions the state and politicians will redo the lines to to proportionally affect the voters to go in the way they want it to go so like for example if you were to create a district of orange and east orange it would be mostly black people if you made a district of south orange and maplewood it might be a mixed crowd but if you split up orange and East Orange and put a little bit of orange in um, Montclair. Montclair border, if you put a little bit of the of East Orange in the Bloomfield border, you could split up the black vote. So there weren't enough of them to be a majority. 
So his thing is if you push all of the black population into one concentrated area, you can't divide us and we will inevitably control it. Right. And he talks about that as well. That's that's going on in a lot of places like Mississippi, uh, North Carolina, North Carolina, um, where they're like, quote unquote, redistricting. Right. Uh, but they're basically doing just what you said, just splitting up the black vote to like basically make it diminish out so it doesn't really count as much. Okay, but it takes more than just pushing us into the same neighborhood because they've done it already and they were still able to divide us and control us. It takes you going into the same neighborhood, but then everybody got to show up to those polls and vote. Yeah. Everybody has to put people who look like us in those offices as well. I think there was a part in the documentary where there was a woman running for, I don't think she was running for governor. She was running for a local office. And um, they were saying the Democratic Party should be pushing all of the resources they have toward this woman because she's like the perfect, the perfect candidate for the Democratic Party. But they're not going to put money toward her because they know that population of people is not mostly Black and that they don't think it's worth the investment because she won't win. Right. That um, was in Virginia. That was in Virginia. Okay. And um, she didn't win. Um, but then they talked about how even though, um, oh, what was the Stacey Abrams lost and this other one, she lost, lost re-election and this, this woman that they were talking about lost, I can't remember the name of the guy that actually won, but he was saying, you know, Georgia has a 32% black population and look what they were able to do without being the majority population in the state and like think of all the things we could do. And I think an important, um, an important point that he made was he said an opposition to cruelty is not the same as racial egalitarian egalitarianism meaning yes there are I a lot of white people quote too. yep <laughs> that are like i don't hate black people um just like I, I i'm not an animal hater i don't want dogs to be abused but i don't think that they're equal yes. to me so um i think you know one they they talked about one of the things that black people faced when the great migration happened to the north was that they left their their states where they did have land they had a little bit of property and went to the north where now they were renting didn't have any land met a lot of the same racial opposition that they did in the south because white people were afraid the black people were going to take all of their jobs um and did not really want them to be equally represented in society um i think you know, all of us grew up in the North and we feel the effects of that still happening in 2023, but the way they do it in the South is different. Um, and I do think, I'm not saying I think there's anything wrong with his plan. I'm saying that people would need to be, like you said, prepared for what the pushback and prepared for the necessary amount of proactive activity that we would have to take to make this work while still understanding at the same time like guru said that our mere presence would make a huge difference like i think there's a mix yeah so when y'all moving down mm. with kids <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> um i i 
I do, I like New Jersey. And again, yeah. I'm not saying that I'm against this. I actually think that this is something to really think about because I'm the one that that prompted the conversation about like, what if all of the children of the African diaspora decided to get together and say, we want a free state of our own. Um, we don't have the political and financial and social power to pull something like that off. Um, but um, I agree with him. I, in feel the like, sense I feel of, like we do though. Like if we get like, you know what I'm saying? We got we got Diddy, we got Jay Z. I, I know you didn't put Diddy up. Like he's no. not about to get canceled. In the hey, 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 listen, listen. I'm saying though, we got all we got we got these billionaires. We got Magic. We got LeBron. We got you know what I'm saying. We got these, those, all those people are controlled by white people. I mean, but listen, these are people that have influence. They have they have a good a good portion of money. Like I do want to give a shout out to. There are a lot of. Uh, Atlanta rappers that are actually giving back to the community. Shout outs to Two Chains. Uh, he does a lot. Uh, I know That's he has true. a uh, TI, uh, TI and Tiny as well. They just built a, a whole uh, apartment complex uh, for for basically for Black people. Same thing with the Offset and uh, Cardi B. Uh, Don't forget about Jay-Z and Beyonce. Oh, they did stuff for, for yeah. They just opened up an apartment complex, a, a controlled rent apartment complex in Texas, okay. in the area where she's Queen, from. Queen Latifah's done it. Yeah, Queen Latifah did it in Jersey. Right. right. Jersey so this right. is what I'm saying. Like, you know, what I'm saying if we can, if we can, it, so there, it's there is what I'm saying. Like, we have the, we have. I'm not gonna say a lot, but we have a good amount of uh, people that have this uh, social influence and power and money. Uh, so. I feel like if if we can get them on board with you know what I'm saying majority of the black people we could definitely uh you know what I'm saying start taking back you know what I'm saying what's ours honestly uh to a point where it would be great to have like you know I'm saying a lot more black people in congress uh having more representation uh on TV uh just in general just to be like wow these people are really making noise. They actually make sense. You know what I'm saying? Right. Now, but are these people willing? And let me just ask you. I'm asking you, right? Do you think they're going to be willing to lose some of their fortune? Because what I'm saying is it's going to require them to lose some of their fortune. Look at what happened when Kanye West spoke out or spoke up or said anything that he thought he could do because he thought he was all powerful Kanye West. The nigga lost billions in a matter of 24 hours and retracted all statements and shut his mouth. So are they going to be willing to, because it's like, all right, like, yes, you have the influence and we'll follow. Um, But like, you know, you're going to lose Adidas. You know, you're going to lose these Jewish run companies that are not going to be here for what we're talking about doing. You know what I'm saying? So even though they have that influence, they're also very heavily influenced themselves. Do you think they're going to be able to do that? I don't know. It depends. We, we That's what I'm saying. We have, we have to find out. I feel like there are some, though, for sure. I mean, a good chunk of them are already in the South. Oh, um, shout outs to uh wow, I can't believe I forgot him. Uh Tyler Perry. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. 
Tyler Perry, I feel like, has kind of been on that movement, but he never left the South. Right. Um, I do think there is a lot more opportunity for us to spread our wings in the South than there. I mean, we also live in like the overpopulated North, like tri-state area. Um, And I think that, you know, even though gurus moved to Florida, like all of us are doing pretty decently to be our age, to be black, um, to not have been born with silver spoons in our mouth. So um, I I know my mother ain't make as much as I'm making now. And I don't know how she did it. I mean, we we all had families that knew how to make it work, you know, and and luckily taught us the importance of that um, and about, you know, making it farther. Um, I can remember, though, a part in the documentary where he was asking like an, an, a fellow editor and he said, you want me to leave my comfortable east side New York City apartment with my family and go back to the poor southern neighborhood that I'm from. And you know the 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 man in the remind me of his name the one that made this documentary uh charles blow charles charles blow said if you feel safe and you feel like your your family has the best setup then don't move stay Mm -hmm. um but for me personally i can't sit with the fact that my children's children may be stuck in the same fight that my grandparents were in um and he talked about some of the racial discrimination that his ivy league son uh who's attending medical school was racially profiled um and although his actual demographic spoke to the fact that he was not a a a statistic criminal his skin spoke to the fact that he was so i think that there's like a lot of pros and cons to be weighed and one of the biggest cons to me about this is that we would all have to be in on it to make it work and we have not really had an organized movement as a people since the 70s that concerns me a little bit like for this to work we'd really have to be on top of it and this is a cancel worthy statement because i don't agree with most of what dr umar talks about Hey, I do remember. (laughs) I do remember. He's in pain. He said something to the effect of, "There are a lot of people in our community that when we got to do what they got to do, some of them need to go to sleep and they ain't gonna make it with us. Like they're just not. They're gonna hold the rest of the group back. Uh, There, I think there are a lot of things that contributed to the way that we ended up." And I think there are more of us actually that are like-minded in the fact that like it's time for our community to make major progression. We're not moving fast enough. Um, But like in real terms, think about if we really put this proposal out in a mainstream way and said, let's move to the South. A lot of people already have that on their radar. What does that mean though? Because all of us can't keep remote jobs with New York City pay and move to the South. Right. Right. So, like, what does that mean? And for all of those people, white people who are still the majority in these states, it's we've proven time and time again when we decide that we're going to get together and make major progression and be bold about our progress, they find ways to shut us down in the most violent ways. Yep. That scares me a little bit because I don't think we're organized enough 
to defend ourselves against that. We are not. It will be a massacre all over again. And it'll do whatever they got to do to stop that movement. New laws. Um, remember there was a, a section where she said what they couldn't do to us with violence, they did to us with legisla legislation. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and again, I'm not, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I think he has a good idea. I think though, um, I'm a planner. I'm a type A. I'm a Virgo. We would need to invest <laughs> some time I'm a into being prepared to make moves. Like when we did the civil rights movement and MLK ended up being like the biggest face of it, there were years of planning that went into that in an organized way. It wasn't random. Um, I think this is one of the options on the table. And I'm definitely, I want, I want to talk through the options. Cause I, I think, you know, I went to the, uh, get your knee off our neck, um, March in DC in 2020. And I was like, so inspired by all seeing all of these black people and white people and people of different races come together to say enough is enough. But it still reminded me of the fact that like my mom went to some of those same marches and here I am. It was for my 30th birthday, 30 years later, shit. doing the same thing. Um, and we got to come up with a way to get out of that cycle. And part of that to me is, are we preparing our next generations to either break the table and be prepared for the backlash and the anarchy that will ensue or infiltrate the table with enough power that we actually get to maneuver the system in a way that's more effective. Right. So that was going to be my rebuttal to you to where it's like, okay, uh, you want to plan, but we've, we've, we've been planning. It's like, who, who's going to, who's going to be the one to take that, that initial step, because that, that initial step is what's going to be the start of something. Like it could be the start of the planning, but that initial step needs to be taken. If you just, I feel like each generation is leaving it to the next generation. And it's just, we're just stuck in this inevitable planning stage where it's like, okay, we, we're still planning. And it's like back back to what you said, 30 years later, we're still here, man, getting choked out. My, my guy selling dollar cigarettes, getting choked out by uh, NYPD. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Got a kid walking in the back street, uh, walking around in the, neighborhood gets shot up just because he has a hoodie on it's crazy well what have we done really since the civil rights movement kind of fell off and then we had the black panther movement and then but, but like what have we done in between like i'm saying let's get organized in a way that makes movement like i feel like all of us are like something needs to change but we don't have any major leads and how to do that this is i think an avenue like he's putting something out there right and being no. like let's do it I have an idea, right? Um, just for a start, right? If if people in the South want us to come to the South, if they're about this migration, there's people who are already successfully in places to make moves, right? Like apparently in Georgia, everybody's black. You got the managers black, the owners black, the, the waiters, everybody's black. Everybody you see around you is successful and black. Okay, cool. So if you guys are able to establish those jobs, secure us those things, make sure that we can get there. I, I don't know if that looks too much like 
um what is it like i forgot what it's called guys where you you know you're looking for black people or only looking out for black people or like like when white people did it and then they had like oh affirmative action affirmative action like affirmative action yeah right the reverse way of affirmative action um i don't know if that looks like that but like you know they should there should be some type of like assistance in trying to uh uh Re- be accustomed to the southern ways because there's he also mentioned that people come down there don't know anything about this environment uh this culture um it, you know it's a little bit different you know one lady said when he went to her um door he was um uh doing the canvassing and one lady who they went up to she was a nurse i think she was from new york somewhere near here she was yeah, from, the she north. from new york yeah, and she moved down there, and they asked her, "Why did you move down there?" And she looked up, and she didn't say anything, but you know, she basically scaled her house, mm-hmm. and was basically like, "Well, because it's cheap, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm a nurse, I make New York money, and I I can afford it down here." Um, and the house so, she had probably would have been a couple mil in the tri-state area, right? So it's it's just got to be that mindset. Um, and, and people in the South also have to have that mindset. Um, and then if we can get, if we can start seeing like, cause I'm, I honestly, when I, when I was like, not sure what I wanted to do before I started, where I started working, I was looking at jobs in the South and it wasn't like I was getting a whole lot of feedback because I was not already in the South. So that was also a thing too. Like I, I'm not about to just come down there and not have a career or anything and just try to look for it and, you know, try to ascertain that success. Um, like he said, if you're already ha- successful where you are, you know, he did say stay. So my, my, my next question is who exactly is he appealing to? Because like, like Morgan said, I like Jersey. And I'm doing okay where I am. So if you told me to stay, who exactly are you appealing to? And what gives me the motivation? And not for nothing, we'd be, if all of us went to a concentrated area, we would be taking their jobs. There's not like, you know, like there's, we'd be bolstering the population, number one. Number two, um, there there would have to be a shift in the way that their economy works and i i don't think white people would welcome that so like what would be the infrastructure plan to accommodate all of us so look let me ask you this right if 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 your job said hey you can go fully remote then then what do you then what does the outlook look look like then it would definitely be more motivated to get down there agreed but it doesn't take away from all of the things that for the reasons I've said, like, I don't know if I would live in the South to raise a family. Right. It doesn't get rid of those reasons. I mean, it definitely puts me in a very, in a probably much more comfortable position than I would be living in Jersey because Jersey ain't but, cheap. But you would be, it, one, the cost of living would be cheaper, right? If you move down here and then you would be surrounded by your people. That's what you're, that's what you're, you see, you have that negative connotation of the the south in your head you're not in like in atlanta yes but like but like you know we don't want to overpopulate atlanta and atlanta's starting to already get overpopulated we want to go to let's say we want to go to columbus or let's say we want to go to some other part of georgia right 
less that's that's not necessarily as black as Atlanta. The policemen are not black like the Atlanta policemen. So that's what she's saying to like you know you also have to appeal to me there. We we also then then we got to get jobs in in those police uh, departments. Like we, I mean we re- the infiltration has to be like smart and like on like keen. Like we got to get everywhere. We can't just go there and just be a part of the population because they'll pick us off like little motherfucking raisins. I think too what I'm hearing myself say as as you guys like make these comments and you're asking these questions is I do not necessarily want to be part of the pioneering group. So I think there are a lot of things that would come with the 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 overwhelming black presence that's not there right now and I mean I can say with confidence that in a regular place in New Jersey I feel more comfortable than I do in a random city in the South. I feel more safe than I do in a random city in the South. And I'm not talking about the progressive black neighborhoods. I think that's an overwhelming feeling of positivity. If like he said, like walking into a restaurant, you're like, oh, my server's black. My manager's black. The owner of this restaurant is black. Look at all these black patrons. But that's not the overwhelming majority of these states. It's also like when you get out of Atlanta and you're just driving around and you see a bunch of Confederate flags on pickup trucks um, that make me very uncomfortable. There are a lot of really racist parts in the South that I don't even feel comfortable driving through that I do not have that problem in New Jersey because in New Jersey, they don't get to be as blatantly racist as they do in the South. Um, oh, no. and I said blatantly. Oh, it's not socially acceptable. KKK had a whole, had a whole march in North. When was, when was that? Oh, when was that? That was back when I was up there. But I promise you they had their hoods on. Oh, of course. Because they weren't going to go back to their job. With everybody knowing they were a KKK member. <laughs> Where I feel like in the South, like, we know who the Grand Dragons are. And they're just walking around with their face out. Yeah. So, like, that's my thing of, at at this point in 2023. Mad Confederate statues down there. They're still trying to get taken down. And, and you know, and they, and they fought it. And people died in protest of taking those statues down in, in Virginia. So... You know, I'm not saying that I'm against it. My thing is, what are our plans to make this organized enough to make this appealing to me? Or some other plan. Maybe it's not, you know, reverse migration, or maybe it is. But I, this is like, he put out the concept. Now we got to build it up. Right. To make it safer for me. Because there are a lot of There was no, there was no actual discussion tell me if i'm wrong guys but there was no actual discussion about what those plans were like morgan is seeking it was just this is the idea that that documentary was this is the idea get behind it and he was asking the question are we going to keep hoping or are we going to take it back all right cool i'm with you how you want to do it and and i and i do believe too uh, like like his friend Janine said, um, we'd really be going back to what we built because we built the South. Mm-hmm. We built the North too. I'm about to say we built um, everything. Like... But, you know, I think I don't feel at present that the overall South is safe enough for me to say 
I'm willing to leave the devil that I know. Yeah. Personally, I'm not knocking the concept, you know, and like the, a lot of things have, I mean, to be honest, I also feel like the North is gentrifying the South right now, which is, you know, how we've kind of gotten to this point. A lot of the discussion was about how the reverse migration is already happening. They'd like to see it happening at a faster pace. Okay. What do we get down there? But when we get down there, what are we going to be met with? We can't all live in Atlanta. Right. We can't all live in Charleston. Right. I mean, um, but if we occupy, like, obviously, it would be like it would be like a large influx, right? We obviously we keep growing, like, from obviously it would start from Atlanta and grow out outwards from it, right? So we would it would we would just occupy that amount to where a point where this Atlanta, you know, what I'm saying, fantasy is actually like growing out as well. You know, what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So that would be kind of the thing. And one thing that I wanted to bring up. Cause so I'm glad that you actually said that you would actually like stay with the devil, you know, right. He says this, he says this at the end of his, uh, at the end of the documentary where he says, uh, uh, are black people willing to actually make the change or, uh, basically bend to basically, uh, You're going to be content with your only option being able to persuade white people or the majority to basically help you out instead of you just taking it over yourself, right? I I agree with that statement. I do I agree with that statement. I I I can say personally, I don't really know what the answer is. I'd probably be leaning toward more like the woman that lived in. Um, was it was it Chicago or was it Detroit where she was basically like I'm working on building up my own community um I am like this is a very radical idea even though it shouldn't be um what 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 would we do to basically make this appealing so this would be a huge um frankly discomfort to those people that aren't in a rush to leave and i think that we also would need like a a diverse group of black people to come down there so like for example when they described the issues in mississippi having the highest black population in the country they're at 30 38% they're also one of the poorest states in the country and they have an infrastructure that is built up to, to to cut black people down so our presence is not enough right so you know we also need people that are going to be good with politics we need doctors we need lawyers we need um, policemen policemen we need we need we would need to really infiltrate all aspects of society yes for this to work and people that are sitting comfortably in the north don't have a reason to leave other than the ideal of of this concept. I was going to say, you also have to be feeling oppressed in the North. So I am in an environment where I'm sorry, I'm not oppressed. My, my bosses are Black. My management is Black. My director, my general manager, 
Uh, everyone in my job is black. My job itself celebrates every single culture that is possibly there and exists. You know, we celebrate it. We highlight it. We have hot parties for it. We, you know, we we celebrate many holidays that are not typically considered, you know, holidays around the country. You know, so like where I am, it's like okay. I don't feel the oppression or the need to beg for them to give me what they're already seem to be offering. I mean, you guys understand what I'm saying? You know, so yeah. it's like, you know, what what is appealing me? Like what is appealing to me? If you're speaking to somebody in Michigan, maybe, maybe in Detroit. Okay. Okay. I could I could see that. It's a lot going on that might make you want to go somewhere else. But I'm not there. Well, Guru, as someone who has migrated to the South recently, and and you you had a pretty comfortable setup up here. You just wanted to leave. Like, what were your reasonings for right. moving? Good question. Uh, so my my reasonings for moving honestly was one. I just knew there was more to to life than me just being in Jersey my whole life uh just because like i've been in like south jersey central jersey north jersey um uh the weather played a huge factor as well uh and then it, it really came down to uh quality of life that's really a, a big part of it like i want to go to some place that i'm gonna be happy at every day uh so those and you are... feel like your quality of life has improved a lot Oh, since yeah. you went down there yeah i haven't like it's funny because i really haven't had any like uh like wild flare-ups with my like ulcerative colitis since i've been mm -hmm. here. so those are my reasonings i'm trying to get everybody else to come down here that's yes, that's you are. it's I'm you know what it's really too just like because i think florida is beautiful I was very happy for the one week that I was down there. Um, my mom's allergies are flaring up. Like she has the most sensitive sensitivity to like dust and pollen and no coughing while she was in Florida. Um, like I, I, I see a lot of pros. I think a lot of things that I feel passionate about politically and socially would change if I moved south of the Mason-Dixon line, um, that I'm not, again, I want to put out there that like I'm not anti-reverse migration. Um, I just really think you there would have to be a sell to make this appealing to more of us that are comfortable up here for it to work. Right, Because yeah. land ownership is very appealing. The weather is appealing to me um the cost of living is appealing to me the what you pay me is not <laughs> I, I i'd like to like i'm i'm making life so that i can live very comfortably in new jersey i would want that same setup in the south mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you're right I, I, and i think that if i wasn't able to go remote this would this definitely wouldn't be and i thing. was about to say you make new york money <laughs> so yeah that would so it wouldn't have been the case uh otherwise honestly uh, so yeah, it was one of those things where I saw the opportunity and I took it, but like, like I said, I'm still trying to get like, 
I like my big I'm trying to get my friends to do like a migration, honestly, to like either here or Texas. And like the corner will tell you, I'll be sending him houses in Texas all the time. So no, Texas real estate really makes me want to cry. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because oh I feel gosh. like what you used to be able to buy in Georgia and Florida specifically, because North Carolina, so many people from the north have moved there. Their their real estate has gone up. You used to be able to get like a five bedroom house in Georgia or Florida for like 250 mm -hmm. i would say we've moved to like 450 now but in texas you can get like a four bedroom house for like 200 190 <laughs> depending on the area you're in exactly. and the taxes are like non-existent you know what i'm saying yeah. so i feel like and there's also i feel like i don't know if you can pull up the numbers uh but uh obviously houston's a big influx as well of like black people so like a lot of people are moving to texas a lot of black people are moving to texas especially um, people in healthcare because texas has a booming healthcare scene too yeah but the way texas be wilding out is really only equal to the way florida be wilding out <laughs> this is be strapped up that's, that's all i gotta say the way all of y'all be strapped up and think that's the answer. <laughs> right. Like, the cops, I, I mean, it's hard to, I mean, I, every time he sends it to me, I look and I'm like, damn. Right. I could be living on uh, easy street right now, but I then go to, but like, if I call the cops, what's going to happen? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, if they see me move into this neighborhood right here, what's going to happen? You know, I I can't help but like think about those things because of where I am. And if you want to raise a family, um, I I I I think I go back and forth between the pros of growing up in a diverse community, which even though um, I live in a primarily Black and Hispanic neighborhood, I went to school in more diverse communities, and I think that there was a lot of pros to me being around people that don't look like me and weren't raised like me that that added to who I am as a person in a positive way um I think there were sometimes uh a lot of things that I had to battle in a negative way about being sometimes like the only black person in the class or like one of three black people in the class that I found like a shift in my self-confidence when I went to a high school that was primarily black women um I I can see such a positive outlook on raising my children in a progressive black neighborhood um, and knowing that that's going to be the images they see. Because another one of the things that I took a note from was uh, his friend Janine, who said, you know, she went to college at gambling at Grambling and, um, you know, didn't even realize that you had to pay for college. She thought it was like public school, but then decided to pursue her career further when she saw so many successful Black people and educated Black people. And she's like, I can do this. And she went on to move forward. Like, I, I definitely think seeing Black people in spaces that they aren't everywhere else makes a huge difference. And like, one of the reasons why I promote H HBCUs. But then also I've noticed that a lot of people that only grew up around Black people tend to, to be a little bit out of sorts when they end up in a white environment. And I don't think we live in a place where that can be avoided, that you won't have to be in white spaces at some point. Yeah, I agree with that.
I mean, all of us went to Catholic school. None of them were run by black people. Mm-hmm. Um, but that Catholic school education did some great things for us. Yeah. Um, versus the public school education. Th- that's a that's a big thing for me, is like moving into these spaces where you expect your taxes to work for you. What school system would we be sending our kids to? The 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 new Africa school system. <laughs> Isn't that only on first Sunday, though? I was about to say, a school system where you can only get real education once a month. (laughs) Like, I just think we need to to bolster up this plan. I'm not against the plan. I just feel like we're still in the brainstorming stages. We need to get into, like, the action stages. Yes, but but that starts with infiltration. Right, so that's my thing. I was like, I feel like we need to get more people just to at least... Do the I unfortunately do the dirty work. You know what I'm saying. We need people in there to 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 yeah start filling these shits up. You know what I'm saying. Start growing it out, so we can get other people on board. That's that's really is what what it's going to come down to. And think about the decisions that Charles Blow said that he made in this in this documentary, where he said, "I got accepted to LSU." He got accepted to, I can't remember what the other college was, but they were like the big colleges and well sought after colleges in the state. And he decided to go to Grambling because the recruiter said, they don't need you, we do. Let's be real. That's not the decision that most of us make. You would be asking people to make the decision to say, do the right thing, not the profitable thing. And while I love my people, most of us are not on that wave. Mm-hmm. Some of us are in the middle of that wave. Like, I want to make profit and I want to do the right thing. But, you know, like BB said, you'd be giving up a lot. Am I going to be able, I mean, I don't make 150 now. That's where I'm trying to get. But am I going to be able to make 150 in the South? I'd live like a queen. <laughs> I would, you know. If somebody said, like, we got I, I this would... job for 150 with South Carolina taxes on it, yeah. not New York. Yes. And and vi- that's that is a lot of motivation. Cause I can pick what neighborhood I go to live in. Yeah. If I'm making 45 and transferring to South Carolina on 45, it goes farther than New Jersey. But, but yeah, it's not it's, it's not given. <laughs> and honestly, what's the average medium income? It's like 50, isn't it? Well, in New Jersey, it's 55. And and struggle busting you are on 55. Yeah. And not, not to say you can't make it work. If you don't have debt, you can make 55 work. You got debt and $55,000. You're not living large. Mm-mm. Shout out to me. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty-five in South Carolina goes a lot farther. But what's yeah. I'm gonna look up the medium income in Louisiana right now, and I know I'm gonna cry when I see it. Yeah, it's a matter of the appeal, you know. I think that's a really good question that Morgan brought to this discussion, which is uh all right, what's the plan? You know. Um, we talked about the idea. What's the plan? So I think that was a good question. 
because Guru, you put this out here, but you're real quiet. That median income <laughs> in Louisiana is $27,000. Oh my God. Per individual, per household, it's 45. See, that's crazy. I mean, listen, we, we, the whole point of this, right, is to have you fill up. Just honestly, it's more just like occupy space, right? We're, we're, it's not like spread out. Like we need to get together first, and then just naturally just expand. I'm sorry, I was wrong. You know, we good at expanding. I was wrong about Jersey guys. New Jersey's, and and I'm sorry, this might just reverse that migration idea. New Jersey's median household income in 2022 was ninety two thousand three hundred and forty thousand dollars. Uh, it increased from eighty eight thousand in twenty twenty one. Now, is that the household income or individual? That's the household income. Oh, it's the individual. Okay, let's see. Let me say individual would be what forty five then. Individual. Yeah, New Jersey's median in income uh, is fifty thousand twenty one dollars. Okay. Yeah, so I thought it was about fifty. The median income for the individual in South Carolina is twenty eight thousand, and the household is fifty five. See, you got to give me reasons, David. You got to give me a appeal. <laughs> Very similar in Alabama. It's it, household fifty two, individual twenty seven. Twenty seven ain't doing it. I mean, you want to be obviously more representation. Like, yo, we would have more more black people in Congress, meaning more black people to vote for to be president. You know what I'm saying? Uh, having more people to push for pro-black votes, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Actual, actual, actual yeah. change. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, it's really think about... the governors in the state in the state senates because remember that the federal government ain't got nothing to do with these uh these uh, household incomes. This is all yeah. the state. That is definitely the state. Uh, but also think about what a mass migration of northerners would do to the southern economy it would not remain the cost of living would go up yeah every zip code we move into gets more expensive and think about also i, I think this is a con that's worth thinking of for the people that live there yes there would be more of us that look like us when northern attitude makes it to the south we change it good mm. good Girl, you is on fire with these uh points. I mean, but if the point would be to if it's an influx of black people, the point would be to change it for the good, no? It Absolutely. would be, but think about think about me and BB over here talking about like we 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 trying to come with six figures and live <laughs> six figure life and take over them six figure jobs. <laughs> Somebody got to move out the way. I want to live in the gated communities. <laughs> oh, man. I want a doorman. <laughs> if I'm gonna give up Jersey, I want to live really well. So. Yes, yes. Uh, but I'm also sitting here looking at real estate in Atlanta, and I'm like, damn, <laughs> you could be living so much better. <laughs> I just think, like, one of the things I'd like to continue to talk about throughout this series is like what are some other plans to get us out of this place where like he said we're begging 
to get where we need to be because i do topic. believe that the answer is we need to we need to make the moves where we're able to make demands instead of you know always having to compromise and i think that the power of the black dollar is still not important enough to black people um and basically he's not talking about just the black dollar he's talking about like our voting power um and what our mere presence could do um I just think that, you know, unless we're trying to break away from America, we have to find a way to work within the American system. Because if you want my real opinion, the only thing I was excited about if Trump had won a second term is that it was going to piss so many people off that we were eventually going to end up burning it down. They would have pushed us over the edge. He was so ridiculous that he would have pushed us over the edge. And right now, the Democratic Party is the devil that we're just comfortable enough to be mad, but not to be infuriated. Trump would have infuriated us long enough to be like, all right, I'm done with this. Burn it down. Yeah, because I was ready to go under his presidency. I was I was looking for I was gonna okay, get my gun. How do like, I look? I was looking up different um like uh passports, how to obtain them, you know. I was really ready to go. But we're comfortable again, even though we're still getting screwed. Oh well, get ready. I'm calling it now. Trump, Trump's the Santos ticket on the way. But see, that's and another that reason note. that makes Florida. <laughs> yeah, I um, I I enjoyed this documentary. I hope that everybody else is going to get a chance to look at it again. It's called South to Black Powers on HBO Max. So you can catch it at any time if you have it. Yeah, um, those who want to read, uh, uh, his book is called The Devil You Know, uh, A Black Power Manifesto. Uh, it's currently uh, sitting at a 4.7 out of 5 uh, rating, editor's pick, uh, over 2,000-something ratings. So. It, was a, it, was a good, it was a good watch, and I think that his plan worked for a lot of people. But I think we also need to just start, we need to start discussing more plans that we can put into action. Right. Like what that plan looks like. And uh, this was another good, hard conversation that we we had here. We didn't want to be, uh, you know, beat down the dream that this guy had, but we just wants to make it more of a reality. Um. I think next week uh, we're doing the top five uh, music, right? Yeah, Christmas songs. I'm sorry, Christmas songs. Yeah, well, it is music. Yeah, yeah, that'll be that'll be right around prime Christmas time. Is it Christmas songs or Black Christmas songs? Come on, don't limit me like that. How <laughs> uh, y'all want to do this? Cause... I say Black, Black Christmas songs. I'm with it. You know, anything for the culture. None of the Christmas songs I came up with as my top two. <laughs> All right, but you have I already to... made my list. That's so, crazy. but here's the question though: Are we talking about black renditions? Are they included, or is it has to be black originals? No, they could be renditions. So then, probably the songs you have, Morgan, you can just find black renditions of them. I mean, clearly she don't like the black rendition of them. So some of them aren't even in English. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. You make me redo my list. 
man. My songs are going to be. Do they have? Yeah, that's a good question. Do they have to be black? Because I have one that yeah, is like they, clearly not. They don't. Just top five Christmas. Top five. Let David do his top five black Christmas so he can get his <laughs> black card back. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. All right, y'all. So just top five Christmas. Uh, we'll we'll be uh inclusive. Um. And then how about this? We'll do top five. We'll do a black uh for black Christmas songs for the uh honorable mentions. Okay. Black top no, five no, Christmas no. songs with black no. Christmas songs honorable mentions. No, no, just keep the same energy, yeah. No, because <sighs> when I listen to 103.5, they are not playing the black versions, and that's what I'm Christmas elfing on. <laughs> Okay, well, I mean, listen, when we get to it, we'll see what we decide. But this has been another great episode episode of the Hard Conversations. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us again. If you want to tell us what it is you want to hear about, you want us to talk about, you can always reach out to us at theharconversations4 at gmail.com, and we'll reach out. Uh, we'll speak about those topics. Uh, thank everybody so much again for listening. And uh, Guru and Morgan, what are you guys up to for the rest of the week? We're still, uh, we're still doing Christmas shopping. Finishing yeah, the yeah, Christmas we, grind. Yeah. Exactly. That's 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 the main focus. Uh a lot of year-end stuff for work. So mm-hmm. that's like swarming me right now. Um, Don't get me started. Yeah, stuff like that. I gotta make sure I'm alive when uh GTA five comes out. So <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait. And I can't believe you sent that to me. Like I I probably would have missed that notification to like next year mm-hmm. and that would have been okay with me because i have to wait till what what is it 2025 yeah it's probably not even gonna be the end till the end of 2025 too right so. like christmas yeah. wait for what grand theft auto 6 oh that's what i thought you said okay i thought you said game of thrones for a second i was like you've now caught my interest okay carry on <laughs> is it six or is it five i think it's six right six yeah yeah, so that's going to be exciting. And uh, we'll see you guys later, castmates. See ya. Mm-hmm.